Welcome to another Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, Fred. And with us from NVIDIA, Vice President of Automotive, Danny Shapiro. Very happy to see you again, Danny. Great to see you guys, as always. Nice having you, Danny. <laughs> and congratulations on everything. Yeah, there's a lot to congratulate about. A lot of news from NVIDIA's GTC, GPU Technology Conference, to get to. We're going to focus, of course, on the news that pertains to the automotive side, for the most part. In his keynote, CEO Jensen Huang said, someday everything that moves will be autonomous, either fully or mostly autonomous. And while that claim seems maybe a little distant, uh, you're doing a lot to speed things along. Give us the overview of some of the big news that you've announced, Danny. Well, we've had an end-to-end -end platform. We've talked about that before, you know, from the data center to the vehicle. And it's a continuous cycle of development training cars, testing them in simulation, and then running them on the roads. At GTC, there were several areas that we made new announcements. The first is, is the platform, the core platform we call Drive Hyperion. So in our eighth generation that we've now just made available. So it's a full computing architecture for inside the vehicle. It's an AI supercomputer. It does uh, perception, inferencing, it does mapping, it does path planning and then actually actuates the vehicle. Hyperion 8 now incorporates sensors from Luminar, from Continental, from Hella, uh, Vallejo, and Sony. And so this platform is production ready now and is actually gonna go into vehicles for startup production in 2024. So we make this available to the industry to enable others to really uh, accelerate their development and their time to market. But tell us what, what that means if, if a, an average person is listening to this. What is that going to mean when they go to look at vehicles in 2024? What new capabilities will there be there? Well, we've announced with Mercedes-Benz that every new Mercedes starting in 2024 then will feature the NVIDIA Drive platform and software that we've developed along with Mercedes-Benz to allow those cars to have highly automated features and in some cases, fully autonomous features. Um, the car is software defined, meaning there's a supercomputer in the car. It's running a lot of software and that software will get better and better over time with each new over the air update, just like your phone gets updates, other cars will get new capabilities. And so there may be additional features, new um, capabilities of that car that you can buy after the fact that you purchased it originally that will give you this level of automation. Yeah, I mean, in some sense, that's kind of a whole change in business practices for Mercedes, because, you know, every Mercedes that I've ever bought, you buy it and, you know, that's it. You, you can't upgrade it. It can't it can't evolve. And of course, that's sort of been good for them because then I traded in by another one, although I never, I really didn't do that. Uh, but, you know, this opportunity to, to have it uh, improve and uh, is, is, is really a game changer for them, right? I think the, your new car will be its worst the day you buy it and you take it home and it will just get better over time as it has um, more, more software that's adding new features to the car. 
And so there may be things that you get for free. There may be some things that you can activate um, for specific drives. And there may be parts that, um, you know, there's a subscription model. So you're right, it is a game changer and new business models for the, for the industry. Sure. And, and with that new value, fine, charge me for it. I don't It's not that I would expect it for free, but, you know, the base is already taken care of. And now let me, you know, let me have a few more. And then a few years later, I'll go go get another one, you know, but but um, anyway, I, I just I think it's wonderful. Uh, you sit there with the compute and the sensors. And then the rest of software, right? It's all this stuff that improves over time, right? It gets better and smaller over time, right? It's, at least that's what I try to tell my students. This is what you do, I mean, right? And so in addition to this platform, we announced what we are now calling Drive Chauffeur and Drive Concierge. And so these are basically leveraging this platform, the sensors around the car, sensors inside the car to offer these AIs that will drive the car for you or provide services like a concierge would. And so we've basically brought all types of technologies from inside our company together to deliver this concierge experience. What kind of driving modes do you have? I have max range, super hush, sport, and super sport. Which would you like? I don't want to be late. Let's go super sport. Got it. Super sport it is. Remind me when my range drops below 100 miles. Got it. I will tell you when the range has dropped to 100 miles. Thank you. It's built on Omniverse Avatar, which is using our graphics and rendering technologies, our conversational AI, our natural language processing, and connections to the cloud for additional information. So you can have a natural conversation with the concierge in your car to control the vehicle, to um, ask it questions, to make reservations, to get recommendations. Um, all this will be integrated and it will get smarter and smarter over time. We'll learn your preferences and be able to handle a lot of things for you, including parking the car. So you'll be able to get out of the car and the car will go prowl for an open parking spot and park itself. And then it will come back when you summon it. This so is really the gee whiz stuff I was going to yeah. say uh, that in, in terms of the headlines that a lot of people right. focus on. Can, can, if I can ask you maybe a, a difficult question on this, Danny, um, you know, how do you how do you make this available to the OEMs in general, as opposed to making it, you know, specific and proprietary and so on product differentiable by let's say Mercedes. I mean, how, how do you handle that one? Uh, well, it's basically built in to all the cars that we're working with, all right. the car makers that we're working with. Right. Um, so they have the NVIDIA platform and then yeah. this is software layers on top of it that take advantage of the graphics processing for the interfaces in the, in the dash, um, the AI to do the, the natural language processing uh, using our, our Merlin uh, recommendation engines and Riva, which is our speech technology. And so there's many elements of NVIDIA that are not focused solely on automotive, but the automotive group is able to pull in these technologies to deliver these products and services uh, within the vehicle. And that's how each individual OEM is now going to basically mix and match and provide their own like um, uh, push or 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 tweak to it to, to product differentiate themselves on this thing, exactly. right? Exactly. So what we can do is this, this AI can be trained um, with different voices, of course. So with 30 minutes of audio, it can 
learn how to speak with any type of accent or in anyone's voice. Um, we can also then utilize um, ray traced graphics, realistic rendering to bring in any kind of avatar uh, that the brand would, would like to use, whether it's uh, human form or cartoon form or, or abstract. And so our customers have the ability to write that application layer on top to customize uh, the experience depending on um, what they want to do and could have different looks and different types of vehicles, uh, different modes, just like you have uh, a sport mode for your steering or a comfort mode. There can be all different types of, of concierges that are made available to you. You know, people who, who have seen now Alexa or Siri or Google in their car that they can talk to, I guess the message is you ain't seen nothing yet. It, it, it's true. I mean, part of this is is um, based on those kinds of experiences that you have, um, you're talking about in the cloud. Um, part of the problem, though, is there's often a great latency. You say something, there's a long delay, and especially if you don't have connectivity. If you're talking to Siri and you might not have good cell coverage, uh, you yeah. may get a comeback later. So what we're doing is we're bringing this into the car so it's always on. Right. Um, it's able to do multimodal uh, because it could be combined with the cameras inside the vehicle. Uh, the, the concierge could know who's talking between the driver and the passenger because they can see whose lips are moving. Um, it can learn to recognize different voices. Uh, and then we'll have knowledge about the car. So you can even ask it questions about um, how much range is left or where should we stop? Or um, you can say, I'm, I'm really hot. And the car would say, well, do you want me to turn on the air conditioner or roll down the window? And somebody in the back seat could say, roll down my window. And it would know who was talking. It could roll down the right window. So there's, there's just so much that the system is going to be able to do based on knowing what's happening uh, with the occupants as well as with the vehicle itself. Yeah, and I think uh, I think having it within the, within the vehicle and having it local is really key because hopefully it's only a few times that you're, you lack the connectivity to the rest of the world, but that latency in those few times just ruin the whole experience. And, right. and, and since you have the computer, you're putting the compute power and the, and the, and the background uh, algorithms in there to do it and do it locally. And then, then the, the latency issue just essentially it disappears. Right. I mean, that, that, so it's like, just like us talking here. The other thing too, is it's going to, um, be really within you know less than two seconds to respond because first of all it has to take in the whole sentence. If you were to say, uh, "Let's go to the bank," you, know, yeah. you need to understand. Well, is that a bank where you get money, or is it the river bank that, yeah, that yeah. you're going to? So yeah. it's gonna it's gonna context have is important. Yeah, it's gonna have context, or it'll come back and ask a clarifying question, sure, so sure. just like a human would. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it's important, and 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 that that has to be the that that has to be of low latency. I mean, we we know what happened to touch screens uh, when they first came out. The latency and that what I would do is then I hit it fifteen times, and then it would stack all those things. Now it gives me fifteen answers. Damn it, no, no, don't stack those things. Uh, you know, it's just, I'm asking the same thing because no, but, but the the latency issue is a non-trivial one, and and you put the power in the vehicle cool then then you, you address it you don't put the power in the vehicle i guess you're screwed right <laughs> but then it'll seamlessly connect to the cloud because you may yeah. ask questions that it needs to go get that data the weather um, sure you know what's traffic like in in manhattan you know whatever it may be um, or getting recommendations for other services along your route 
Sure, and of course, it, it uh, because it knows something about what's coming ahead because you've given it a destination. The amount of information that's contained in that destination, you know where you are, you know where you're going, where the thing's going. Therefore, it it can go ask all these questions that might come up and do that when it can easily put that in there, store it back there, and then you know, and then has it when you when it comes to your mind. I mean, it it can right. anticipate that you can put all that anticipation in there again. If if you have the power within the vehicle, you don't have the power within the vehicle, then <laughs> and, and that's the benefit of this Hyperion yeah, announcement. Yeah. It really, it's it, it's the computing architecture, it's the sensing architecture. There's high fidelity sensors, it's redundancy, there's failover for safety, um, and like we said, the system could get better and better over time. And um, so there's 12 cameras on this system, four of them being the fisheye for surround. That's nine radars. 12 ultrasonics and one front-facing LIDAR. So this is the configuration that, that we're using by default. But of course, our customers, um, because yes. it's an open system, can make modifications. They can add or subtract sensors. They can use different manufacturers as well. And then all of this is, is powered by um, two of our drive Orin processors. So that's our latest and greatest that's uh, in production now. Um, but that'll deliver over 500 tops. So it's a massive amount of computing horsepower uh, inside the vehicle. Question on that, Danny. We know the software can be updated, but if people keep their vehicles, some people keep them 10 years longer in some instances, is there any modularity to the hardware that uh, you can take it back to the dealer and plug in a new board, that kind so of thing? So we're, we're developing um, these modules. So it's a standard form factor with that Orin processor and our next generation that we've already announced that's due out in about four years. Uh, called Atlan, will have about four times the, the performance of a, sing, you know, a single chip. And so those modules will be upgradable. So it ultimately comes down to our customers and their dealers and how they want to manage that. But um, there's no reason why uh, you don't have to throw out the whole car. You could, in theory, uh, upgrade that computer and, and have more horsepower. Great, great move. Tell us a little more about Omniverse because that was sure. that was just made the list of Times uh, 100 best inventions of the year. Yeah, it's really exciting. A huge team working on this. You know, as, as we drive the test vehicles on the roads all over the world, we collect petabytes of data. And to be useful, this data needs to be labeled, needs to be annotated. Uh, we have about 3,000 professional labelers creating all this training data. It's just, it's an absolute enormous task. And so to help accelerate and improve the efficiency, we also leverage Omniverse and our DriveSim software to generate synthetic data. This is really a cornerstone of, of our data strategy. And so with Omniverse, which is a way to create digital twins of, of anything, including the whole earth, which was actually one of the announcements that Jensen made, uh, we're going to build a, a supercomputer um, that's a digital twin of the earth. But with Omniverse Replicator, we're able to recreate uh, realistic scenes through simulated cameras uh, with data that's labeled automatically. So this is a great time and cost savings for us and all of our customers. And then we can use that data in conjunction with real world data uh, to train the AI models. And there's usually a couple dozen DNNs, deep neural networks that are running inside the car to detect everything from other cars to pedestrians, to lanes, to signs. And all of this needs data to be trained on. So Omniverse Replicator for DriveSim serves as this synthetic 
data generator uh, for the autonomous vehicle industry. And so if you think about it, you take um, a camera lens model and we simulate it to take into account real world phenomena like a motion blur, uh, a rolling shutter on the camera, LED flicker. We work closely with all the sensor manufacturers to make sure we're accurately modeling then the data flow that goes from their real cameras into the computer. So all the sensors, the cameras, the radars, the LIDARs are path traced uh, and leverage what we call RTX technology. This is our ray tracing. And so it can actually bootstrap labeling and creating these neural networks um, before we've even collected any data. So it's, a, it's an amazing tool and it's being used for robotics. It's being used in healthcare. It's being used now in AVs to generate synthetic data. I think yeah. I've got an RTX chip in the in the computer we're using right now here, Alan. Yeah, well, you know that's 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 really um, it's it's an elegant way to to do all this. I mean, uh, this is this, this is a at a graduate student Chen Yi Chen who basically did his PhD dissertation on on training on training on on on. Uh, on simulated data and training, uh, training a, a, a game. Why? Because if you if you if you create the environment in 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 the, in the virtual world, you know where everything is because you created it. You know, it's, you know, you know. It's pre-labeled. Yeah, it, it's pre-labeled. It, ha it has position vectors, velocity vectors, rotational vectors, acceleration vectors. Da da dee, do do da 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 da. You can you can you can change. You can you can change uh, whether or not it's fog or whatever. Da da do da da da. And you but you know precisely where everything is when you create that image. You then can label every one of those because you know because you created it. Now, if you then match it up to the real world, there's something there. Then you, which is basically what you've taken, and you've taken that and and taken it to that. Otherwise, you know, you got to have humans in the loop. Humans right, are right. humans are good, but but only not you perfect. are perfect. Only you are perfect. I'm, I, I know I'm not perfect. Uh, a lot of people but, but say you, I'm not you, even you good. You hit a really good point in that. Yep. We're able to label data that humans just can't, right? Just can't. Velocity, acceleration. Rotational acceleration. Yes. I, you know, that, that could be important. You know, you, you want right. to, you, know, you know, something is, you, you know, is it a paper bag or is it something that's a, a, a you know, lead ball? I mean, if it's fluttering, it's not a lead ball, okay? If that sucker mm -hmm. is moving, boom, you better watch out. I mean, you know, those simple kinds of things that you, you have to put on each object if you're going to do this well right otherwise you know once out of every i don't know maybe it's only once out of every thousand times it's wrong boom i mean that's that's not good enough well, I know. we've talked about before the challenge too is that you just don't have enough data for these really important scenarios of right or people running across the street in front of the car or a tree falling or you know bad weather whatever it may be and so we can just generate so many permutations of different scenarios with these dangerous, potentially dangerous scenarios um, to really train the vehicle to know. What Especially the dangerous ones, because you can't even reconstruct it. Now, maybe on a movie scene, you would stunt people, da, da, dee, da, 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 but how many times you do that? Not, and, and then people end up getting hurt on somebody shoots a gun. Oh my, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. Anyway, yes. It's fantastic. And who's better prepared as, as we've talked in the past to do that? Are you really you guys have been doing that since day one? 
Right. I think <laughs> I mean, Omniverse has so many applications. Um, we could we could go on for hours and hours yeah. about Omniverse and digital twins. It's been used in factories. It's been used for medical procedures and teaching robots there. But um, the, the key thing here is how easy it is to use, how scalable it is. Each node in the data center essentially becomes one car for testing um, on the roads. And so we can drive hundreds of thousands or millions of miles a day uh, in a data center yeah. testing this as well. So it's used for training, uh, but then it's also using for testing and validation. Danny, a key question here, I suppose, and, and maybe it's a question that's more applicable to the automakers, your customers very often, but how far ahead is the technology uh, from the regulators and government agencies that want to have something to say about all of this and in, in allowing vehicles that can drive themselves to, to do that? But what we're doing from the hardware platform with redundancy and, and fail-safe operation to the simulation, it's all about safety. So we're really focused on making sure what goes out on the roads from our customers uh, is as safe as it can possibly be. It's going to be much safer than humans. So we're actually working with, with the regulators. We want to make sure that we're always abiding by every, every rule and all the laws that are out there, whether it's in the U.S. Or, or any other country, and that our customers are as well. But we feel that we can utilize simulation to increase the safety of, of everybody's vehicles out on the road by essentially creating some kind of a driver's test for AVs that they have to pass in the simulator. And so it's much like a, a 16-year-old going out to get their driver's license and they have to take a driver's test at the DMV. Uh, we want these autonomous vehicles to show that they can handle everything. And there's really no way to do that in the real world, um, but we can do that in simulation. So we're able to test the hardware and software with the sensors uh, is able to perform at a very high level. Terrific. We'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETF's Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for a white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing you probably know that ETFs can be a good way to spread risk with investments, maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website again is MOTOETF.com. We're back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Danny Shapiro from NVIDIA. Danny, one of the moves NVIDIA has made over the last several months was the acquisition of DeepMap, and that plays into the, the recent announcements. Tell us about the importance here. Uh, this is really exciting. Um, you know, mapping is a really critical pillar of driving. You need to have this ground truth, right? And um, understand where is a drivable space? Um, what are the rules of the road are, are tied into the map? Uh, it's essentially, though, an additional sensor, right? It's giving us information. Um, earlier in the year, yeah, we did acquire DeepMap. This amazing team uh, of people who've been focused on uh, autonomous driving and, and the mapping side of that. So between DeepMap and our existing mapping team, we're scaling out globally. We're doing both survey mapping and fleet mapping. So survey mapping is created by our, our dedicated mapping vehicles. They're, they're human driven. They have a lot of sensors on them. And we'll have um, a whole host of these survey um, vehicles 
basically mapping the most popular areas in the world. Um, survey mapping primes the map before our customers' fleets of cars are even launched, and then it'll serve as the ground truth uh, to teach our mapping AI models. Uh, fleet mapping then builds a drivable map through crowdsourced drives. So with each drive, customers that are equipped with the Hyperion platform and sensors uh, are collecting data and building that map. So each drive, more of the route is perceived and, and reconstructed in 3D. And using our map stream technology, these vehicles can efficiently communicate uh, with the mapping cloud. They're generating maps, uh, they're updating and, and checking these maps. So um, it's a really elegant system, it's very efficient. And then to ensure safe operation, the AVs, when they're, when they're in AV mode, will use the HD maps for a centimeter level localization and ultimately path planning. And that updating is, is key here because roads can change, it can close permanently or temporarily and, and all of that. And, and the reporting back of the vehicles that are out there is key to making everything uh, as accurate as can be. So you have another uh, deal and you mentioned the company already with, with Luminar to supply laser sensors for the platform. This is a, this is not an acquisition, but it's a, no, no. Luminar so, is getting some big business from you. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're an open platform and we support virtually all the, the LIDAR makers and camera makers and radar companies and tier ones. Um, what we've done is we're bringing in a few select uh, sensors for particular configurations, what we're using on all of our test vehicles, what we're modeling in SIM. Uh, so Luminar is providing the, uh, the front-facing LiDAR. Uh, we have sensors from Continental, from Hella, um, from uh, uh, several other providers too. And what that means is that anybody who is using that sensor configuration will be able to leverage the full software stack and all the training and all the DNNs that, that we have um, right out of the box. And then customers can use it, that compute platform, that sensor platform, or some version of that sensor platform and use the other tools to, to adapt with new data that they may collect. You know, we've been hearing every day, it seems, uh, about the supply chain issues that are affecting everything and chips included. So tell us about the impact there and, and how NVIDIA has been able to deal with it. Yeah, we, um, we're seeing demand for our products uh, outrun run supply. So definitely, definitely our that's good. Thing. That's good, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, that's good. Go ahead, go. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you know, in the consumer space, I think this has been um, really affecting uh, the consumer's ability to get get their graphics cards like, like you've seen. Um, in the automotive space, um, a lot of the supply chain problems have been on older chips, older process technology. Uh, and so with the state of the art that, that we've been developing, uh, plus with the long um, forecast uh, we have in advance, we've been able to continually deliver our, our customers with what they need. But I think it's something that is, is we need to pay close attention to and make sure we're anticipating uh, demand and be able to properly forecast. And um, it, it's, it's going to be around for probably another year, I would think. Yeah, but, but, but what, do, what does that look like? I think on the older platforms, I don't know how many various processors they had in a vehicle, but it's in the hundreds or even more than the hundreds yeah. because they had one for the windows and one for the, the maybe I'm not 
you know, displaying it right. I mean, what you've done is you've brought all that stuff into one or two central, one in a backup, or I'm not exactly sure exactly how your architecture is on that, but you've centralized all that so that that should ease that should ease the i mean fewer it's fewer parts for them right. i mean and therefore you know they just have one of these things missing it holds up the whole damn thing but you know but the reality is and any one part can stop the line right, right. So, that's that's right that's right but, that's, but you're absolutely right we're taking there's dozens and dozens of these chips and ecus that are really old technology there's been no innovation they're not updatable they're not software driven they're fixed function chips yeah. And so these new architectures that we're working with with companies like um mercedes-benz you know yeah, sure. yeah, volvo they're bringing a lot of that functionality into a single ecu with an nvidia processor at the core and these other ecus essentially become apps so yeah. there's software that um determines how you know the pattern of the windshield wipers and the frequency and we can bring AI into that. So the front-facing camera can actually detect rain and activate the windshield wiper. So yeah. there's a lot of things that, again, are added features that are just fully software-based. And yeah. that will certainly alleviate reliance on a lot of this legacy technology. Yeah, and you, of course, put in an, enough redundancy in there so that you know it's not one critical thing in the loop that takes everything out and so on and so forth. But it's not this business that they now have which, for which... Man, who knows how many different ones of these things they have, and it, you know, it's not as if they have a hundred of the same thing. And it, you know, you can always find one. But they're they're different. Yes, <laughs> you, you read about cars being built and just waiting, sitting, sitting in a lot, waiting for the chips to to arrive to put in there. In some some instances. Yeah. So, has the pandemic presented many obstacles for Nvidia beyond beyond this? Now, um, NVIDIA has, has thrived during during the pandemic, and part of that is we um, provide a lot of the core technologies that um, are being utilized. So if you think about the Omniverse, it's like these virtual worlds and virtual presence. Um, it's increased demand for remote working solutions. And so some of the things that we've innovated, you know, our, our Omniverse avatar, um, there are AI tools now for creating um, virtual presence, 3D worlds, but also um, speech processing to remove background noise uh, is being done on GPUs, um, to do green screening and all kinds of broadcast things are, are done on GPUs. Um, we have technology for um, fixing eye tracking a lot of times, right? If your camera is someplace else or you're not looking, um, you're not making eye contact on, on a Zoom call like this. And so we have AI technology that will adjust the eyes to present um, the viewers with a vision of that person making eye contact, even if they're looking down. And so you really, I, I want, I want some of that. I mean, you know, that, <laughs> it's always bothering me. My camera's up here. Okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to look at you here. Why in hell isn't the camera there? Why well, I know right. it would take up a couple pixels and I, it would right. drive me nuts. So, but now, so, now, now you just do the transformation of the, of, of the image. You, you move the pixels around. Oh, I didn't know you yeah. had that. That's so, great. Yeah, <laughs> so it's called Maxine. But the other thing that's really cool yeah. is it also, we bring in that conversational AI. So yeah. You can talk and it can then play out the back end a different language. So it'll do real time translation. And then the facial animation is synced up 
not to the words themselves, but to the sounds. And so you get this avatar that is lip synced correctly uh, with a foreign language even. So there's just I so many things. It, that has nothing to do with automotive. But yeah. then again, we've developed, yeah. 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 we've developed all this technology and we bring that in with Omniverse Avatar into the car. So yeah. now we're gonna be able to see the concierge leverage a lot of these things that initially were designed um, for some video conferencing applications. Yeah, well, you need it in the car to make sure I'm paying attention if I'm the driver. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know when you're going to get to a point where it, this thing really, the, you drive it and I'm not paying attention. I'm sure you're going to get there sometime, but I just don't believe we're going to get there anytime really soon. And and so you, you've got to make sure that, that I'm behaving. Otherwise, you have to scold me or put a dunce cap on me or ask me to bring a, a note for my mother before I can use it again or something like that. But, you know, that this is uh, driving is a serious business even if you're sure. doing the driving okay and 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 i think all of us are really good drivers but we we really should be there ready to help in case you know who knows what but uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, be, uh, and so on so yes you have to use all this other stuff with eye contact eye, eye tracing and so on and where the person is and whether or not and 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 maybe I guess it's in it's in the infrastructure bill, although I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it. But, you know, there's supposed there's some things in there with respect to whether or not you've had uh, too many, um, you know, adult beverages. And so because of your behavior and so on and and it goes and pulls the car over. I mean, you know, we've got to. Uh, that is a that is something we, we that that misbehavior has to be taken out of the vehicle. I mean that that hurts all of us. I that, think this bill will, will do that eventually. Is the well, I mean it's I think there's a thing okay. in the infrastructure bill for right. doing that. Everybody's worried about how you implement that and so on, and an invasion of privacy and all the other things. But my goodness, you know. Um, you, you 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 have to be a capable driver. Be behind the wheel otherwise um otherwise you're gonna hurt me and, and i'm not gonna like that danny does that uh, does the concierge service then have multi-language capability is that what you or is that sure. up to the automaker absolutely it will it's built into the core platform and then it'll be up to our customers to decide exactly how they want to implement that but uh, there's no reason why it won't be able to understand and, and communicate in many languages yeah, I mean that's that's well, that yeah. should be a straightforward one, and of course, I mean, I mean, what else, what else you want to use this technology for to be able to do that? I mean, are we only going to sell it to Spanish-speaking pe people? Of course not. I mean, you're going to sell it to to everybody, right? Terrific, Alan. In another headline uh, this week, uh, Motional and Lyft say they will launch driverless commercial robo taxis in Las Vegas in 2023. Yeah, well, uh, good. I mean, I I'm, I hope they're it's good and probably will be good enough. And I hope uh, you know socially, people will be will be more than happy to go in there and and get the mobility of the darn thing. I'm I'm I still I, I worry less about the, the the technological piece because Danny's taking care of that. The the sociological piece as to whether or not people are really ready to ride in a vehicle in which, you know, they're not in control. I mean, we do it in elevators and it's no problem, but, you know, you know, we've been accustomed to elevators for many years. I just don't know when we're, we're going to become accustomed to, um, to going down the, you know, down the strip. 
maybe i guess everybody behaves there so there won't be any I, i'm sure oh, and nobody <laughs> has adult beverages so you know i mean uh, well they're not driving so that's fine I, actually it's that's where it's really valuable right uh, on wall street uh rivian has gone public yeah on a down day, on a very down day in the market, at what was it, 86 or something like that? Um, I guess when Amazon owns 20% of you, I guess people are figuring you're going to make it. And Embark, a self-driving truck startup, uh, has gone public as well. The CEO there, Alex Rodriguez, not the guy who holds the baseball bat, uh, yeah. 20, 26 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the market's nice or was nice until yesterday. I, I it's back today or I, who knows? <laughs> don't watch it. Deal. Don't watch it because it is such a, <laughs> such a, uh, 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 bumpy ride. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it has its ups and downs. And uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of that SpaceX, another launch. Hey, another you know, success. Yeah, another success. I, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm still holding my breath at every launch, but my goodness, I mean, um, what an accomplishment, really. I mean, I, I guess there it's it's easier because the, in some sense, the physics is easier. The F equals MA, although the M varies. So, you know, it's not constant MA, <laughs> constant M than A, but it is tough. But uh Boy, I mean, you, you have to take your hat off to those folks. I mean, and, and of course, yesterday, as with, I think, every launch to the International Space Station, it's an, it's an instantaneous launch window, meaning that, you know, you can't hold for 15 minutes or whatever because somebody, oh, let's check this. You know, you have to hit that. Otherwise, you don't have a, low, a minimum energy transfer out to the out to the space station so and man they've been they've been hitting it i mean it's i don't know i don't have my hat on but i take my hat off to them i mean as well as to danny and uh, i think they've got another launch with uh their, yeah, i think today right yeah so they're going and right. you know and i mean he's you know they're the, all the uh, you know i think they have a chance of really delivering wi-fi to everybody and talk about scalability what happens when you have, you know, 2 billion customers to your Wi-Fi? I mean, what's that scale look like? I think, I think Jeff, Jeff Bezos wants some of that business too, but he he may, he may, but my goodness, uh, he better, he he better do a lot to catch up. You know, they've been launching 60 of these things at, at, at a go. How many, how many is this? Right. Whoa. And your friend, Henry, (laughs) <laughs> something more to show off, right? The pop-up Metro in Glasgow. Tell me about that. Yeah. So Henry, Henry had pop-up Metro number two um, uh, in, in uh, Glasgow showing it off battery operated. Uh, um, the battery uh, train. operated train rail sir. Yeah. Battery operated. So, you know, if Glasgow is out there, you know, pushing batteries, Henry's pushing his battery operated train. Danny, the the first uh, pop-up Metro battery operated uh, made the first transcontinental move uh, from, uh, uh, from uh, England to the port of Baltimore. 
which then he put it on a truck and brought it to Pennsylvania and it's running in, in Pennsylvania. And guess what, Danny? It's orange and black. Excellent. And guess where it's going to be? I mean, we mm. really want to replace the dinky. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, battery operated. I mean, why isn't everybody beating a, you know, to our path? I mean, well, my goodness. <laughs> but you know, I think in some places, you know, we we have quarters. We have where maybe low tech is is fine. Okay, I mean, we aren't going to go put rail lines everywhere to do and compete with what Danny's doing. But in some places especially the dinky and from Princeton Junction to Princeton. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I, I had an electric train in my playroom when I was six. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I got some, I, I have all mine up on, 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 uh, on display. I, you know, I, I don't have time to put a, put a network together to uh, maybe, maybe, Maybe I should leave the university and do that. Oh, geez. <laughs> Here's the call. Oh, you want me? And, uh, <laughs> well, anyway. Danny, we really want to thank you uh, for coming on with us again. And congratulations on what yeah. you and that ama amazing team at NVIDIA. Oh, thank you. I mean, we're, we're so, so proud of, of uh, the engineers that are putting this together, but then also, you know, the industry and the strides to make you mention Embark. They're one of our, our partners. So it's so great to see them. Um, yeah. have that, that uh, milestone. And, you know, that the fact that the, the platform is being used by companies like Mercedes and Volvo, but also at, at GTC, we talked about how it's, it's being adopted by a lot of other companies um, like Lotus, yeah. um, WM in China, a really innovative company called QCraft that's doing autonomous minibuses. Uh, so every couple of months, you know, we have a slew of new announcements of of more and more innovators bringing different types of transportation to market. So it's not just passenger cars too, it's, it's trucking, it's last mile delivery, it's, it's off-road, it's agriculture, it's construction and mining. Um, so it truly is uh, all these things that move will become autonomous. Yeah, and it, yeah, uh, at least help the people that are in there, if not, if not do it for them. But, but the first thing it should do is, is sort of what I've argued is make sure that I, I look at a trucker, you know, somebody driving an 18 wheeler. I don't see how they do. How, how do you feed your family doing that? I mean, you know, 10 hours a day sitting there trying to keep that darn thing from crashing. I mean, that's a tough job and, and those folks need help. And I think, you know, what you have now, can help them now whether or not it's good enough to take that person out of there and have it go all by itself i don't know we'll get there but but the the value proposition and i've argued that the return on investment to any trucking ceo just in terms of the 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 safety improvement and the the quality of life improvement of their of their family members Absolutely. i mean you know these truckers are family members of the you know, if you if you take J.B. Hunt or, or, or Schneider or any of the big ones or even the small ones, I mean, these folks, they're, they're part of your family and 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 they work hard making that stuff happen. And if you if you you know, you, you want to also talk about some, some of the great contributors to covid look about the only thing we ran out of in the last 18 months was toilet paper. OK, I mean, think about that. I mean, think of the work that that every one of those truck drivers did to move that stuff. So that it somehow either showed up on our front porch or we were able to go to Costco or whatever to buy it. And, and I, I think those, those folks 
can use the help to, to make yeah. their work life a little bit, you know, saner and, and well, easier. I mean, the, the shortage of drivers is, is a big part of the supply chain issue. Of course, there's a shortage of driver. It's a tough job. You know, there's a shortage of, of every, you know, occupation that's tough. Well, why don't we, Danny, make it e- embark, make it easier on these folks? Jeez, you, you, you don't, that's not a value proposition for a company. You, you can't right. make money every I, day on that, huh? I, I, mean, I think what, what we see is that um, driving a, a big rig in a, in a city is, is going to be a, a big challenge, right? And so we're not trying to necessarily solve yeah. that right off the bat. But if we can have the trucks driving themselves on the highways, uh, the long distance, and that lets them, the truck drivers, stay close to home and do the local routes. And so they don't have to be away from home for days or weeks at a time. Yeah, it does that too. But even short of that, even if it's just to assist them, the, the ROI, the benefits of that, you know, I don't know. I went a couple of years ago looking at what, what the heck a trucking company spends on, on, on liability expenses, something like 20,000 bucks per truck mm-hmm. per year. I am certain that what you provide out there right today without taking the tr- truck driver out of there probably chops that in half. That's 10 grand sitting there per year on a truck. That's before now the quality of life improvement benefit that you now give to the trucker so that, you know, the 10 hours a day that that poor trucker is in there trying to make this happen. I don't know what, 200 days a year, 250 days a year. I mean, you look at the return on investment, it just it pays you very well for your hardware, right. your software, people putting it in there before you take them out. So you start with that, you get everybody on board with that. And then you, I don't know, that's been kind of my view of the whole darn thing. But anyway, whether or not take them out or not take them out, it's all valuable. Once again, Danny, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great talking to you. And congratulations on everything, Danny. Wonderful. Thank you also to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And more info is available at MOTOETF.com. You can find us once again at SmartDrivingCar.com. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts, basically. And you can get your smart speaker to play us, too. Eventually, in, the, in that car with the NVIDIA system. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching, and please stay safe. And of course, I'd like to also point out that uh, Danny was one of my star students way back in the day, and, and anyway, so proud of you, Danny. Thank you. <laughs>